Skinner, backhand pass to Thompson, he scores! Paige Thompson, Rockets one past Auntie Ronta. And the Buffalo Sabres get off to the hot start. They take the 1-0 lead. Paige Thompson keeps it in. He'll go cross corner. Skinner whacks it out in front. Touch scores! A bit of a broken play. And Buffalo takes a 2-0 lead as Skinner sets up Alex Tuck out front. And the Canes trail 2-0 here. 13-35 left in the first period. Darlene turns it over in the neutral zone to Jarvis. Now Svechnikov looks for Ajo. Ajo shot the score! Deflected out front! If not, Ajo was going far post. And the Canes take advantage of a sloppy play by the Buffalo Sabres. And they cut the lead in half, and it looks like that's going to be Sebastian Ajo's 32nd goal of the year. Carolina keeps the puck in. Tara Vinen winds it into the corner. And he's scooped up by Eakin. Eakin gives it away to Tara Vinen. He shoots and scores! Tavo Tara Vinen takes advantage of the giveaway. And Turbo, 19th of the season, gets Carolina to within one. Need a rider. Puts the body to Fitzgerald. Turnover by Thompson. Faust gets it across. Set up for Stall. Down Main Street. He scores! The captain ties it at three. Opportunity materializing for Carolina. Jarvis is given a heavy hit in the corner, though. Svechnikov picks up the loose puck to Ajo to the back end. He scores! Sebastian Ajo, second of the game, puts Carolina up 4-3. to three. Extra attacker on the ice for Buffalo. Carolina gets to the puck. One minute. Niederreiter flips it out to center ice. It'll be picked up by Stahl. He's taking aim at the empty net. The captain shoots. He scores. Bingo. The second of the game for Jordan Stahl. And he might have just punched the ticket for the Carolina Hurricanes. Fourth consecutive trip to the post. 30 seconds left. Cousins pass for Skinner. Skinner trying to walk away from Pesci. Great play by Pesci as he takes down Skinner. And now the puck comes out to Teravainen. Teravainen works it across for Domi. Good back check by Gergensen, though, as Domi's looking for his 100th career goal. Now a swat attempt by Teravainen. Domi puts one out there. Ten seconds left in the game. Shea settles it down. They're trying to get one for Domi. Domi to Teravainen. That'll be blocked out in front. That won't get through. Three seconds left. Two seconds. Let's hear the Kaniacs. The playoffs for four straight years for the Carolina Hurricanes. And Rod Brindamore and company, they knew it was happening, but they clinched it tonight in dramatic fashion, scoring four straight, four unanswered. They take a 5-3 win tonight over the Buffalo Sabres. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold. Presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here's your host, Adam Gold. Welcome to the Canes Corner Podcast. I am Adam Gold. With an X in front of the Canes Corner Podcast. Carolina Hurricanes beat the Buffalo Sabres 5-3. They have now wrapped up a playoff spot. Uh, now the next thing to do is to wrap up the Metropolitan Division, and there is a long way to go to do that. Rangers were winners tonight, three nothing over the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are a little in a little bit of a tailspin. And by the way, the Rangers have owned the Penguins, and it's the third win over the Penguins maybe in the last two weeks. Uh, and I don't know that any of them have been particularly competitive from a Pittsburgh standpoint. I think the Rangers have controlled each of the games, uh, so we'll see. Um, Carolina's trying to avoid being in the 2-3 spot, although I don't think it really matters where you go uh, in the Eastern Conference. And right now, if you're the Hurricanes, you're staring at a matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the opening round of the playoffs. Have fun with that. All right, we are brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you're going to find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Free no-obligation estimate online, aluminumcompany.com. Make your home more beautiful, more energy efficient. Uh, Sammy Hanna's crew do a great job. All right, a couple of quick things. Special guest coming up. Um, Our friend Eric Cole is going to join us. He's not on Twitter. Otherwise, I would tweet his uh, name out. Hey, uh, don't miss the Canes Quarter podcast because Eric Cole's on here, and then Eric Cole could retweet it. 
uh, to his millions and millions of followers, but he doesn't have any followers because he's not on Twitter. Um, Hurricanes survive an ugly game, a sloppy game for the first 30, 45 minutes. I thought the first six goals were all direct results of giveaways. And we'll go through those in a matter of seconds here. But I think Carolina got to their game finally in a lot, maybe the last 16 or so minutes. But Carolina tightened it up and there were no issues the last 15 or 16 minutes. And so that's when you saw Carolina really dominate play. I thought Carolina created some opportunities or had some opportunities in the first two periods, and they did score some goals. A lot of that was because Buffalo was a mess too. Uh, But finally, in the last 15 minutes of the game, 16 minutes or so of the game, Carolina really did get going. Uh, Quick uh, aside, black shorts, toss them. Unless you're wearing black uniforms, get rid of the black shorts. I didn't like the look with the white jerseys. I didn't like the look with the red jerseys. I thought I was watching the Chicago Blackhawks. Not interested in watching the Chicago Blackhawks because uh, I don't. The Blackhawks are not very good. I want to see Carolina play like the Carolina Hurricanes, not the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Rangers again. They won tonight, three nothing versus Pittsburgh. Tampa Bay and Boston are tied for uh, the third spot in the Atlantic Division. Boston holds the tiebreaker. Right now, and they will play to uh, play Friday night in Tampa, Boston at Tampa. That's uh, that's a game that's going to go a long way in determining who finishes as the top wild card. Although the way Tampa's playing, I think Tampa's probably going to be in that wild card spot. Tampa just hasn't played well in a while. They're they're kind of, I think they're confident in who they are, obviously, but. It's been an extended period of time where they have not played well. Anyway, here are the records in the division uh, between the Canes and the Rangers. The Canes are 46, 17, and 8, 100 points. Congratulations on that. 46, 20, and 6 for the Rangers. Carolina's got a game in hand and a two point lead. Uh, and I guess that game comes tomorrow night against the Islanders, or Friday night against the Islanders, because tonight, uh, since it's already past midnight. Um, tonight against the Islanders at PNC Arena as the Hurricanes try to build some momentum in the season. It seems like it's been like fits and starts. Um, you know, they had that long stretch against a really, really difficult schedule. And Carolina, for the most part, played well in almost all of those games but didn't get enough wins to really uh, to use it to wrap up the division. It kind of left it all in play, and then they go through this stretch here where it's just kind of okay. Um, and the loss Tuesday in Buffalo sort of ex- exacerbated that. Uh, but to still have a two-point lead, but those two games looming large with the Rangers, that will determine uh, whether or not Carolina is the Metropolitan Division champions or you finish second, because I pretty much those are the two spots. I think the Rangers and the Hurricanes will finish 1-2. Pittsburgh will be 3. Washington will be 4. And... Um, and if you finish first, you're, you're going to get the Atlantic Division uh, wildcard team. And if you finish second, you're going to get the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, again, you've, it, you can try to set it up that you think it would benefit you. Like right now, I think Carolina would be thrilled to play Pittsburgh. But be careful what you wish for. You wish for a series playing against Sidney Crosby. Um Penalty kill was very good tonight. It had not been great over the last several games. I think Carolina had allowed six power play goals, three of them to Tampa, remember that, in the last four games. I think it was uh, in the last four games or whatever, maybe six games, whatever it is. Um, But so the the penalty kill had struggled of late. The power play had been one for their last 14 over a six-game stretch. Uh, Power play was good tonight without scoring. I think there were uh, seven good scoring chances, four high-danger, grade-A scoring chances. They just didn't get one to go, but I thought they were pretty good. First one better than the second one, but even the second one had some pretty good chances. Uh, So I thought there was enough good in special teams tonight. Uh, And I, I, we're going to talk about this with, 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 with Eric Cole in a couple of minutes. Ante Ranta didn't make his first save until 6-19 left in the first period. But I thought Ranta played well tonight. He gave up three goals, but I thought he played well. 
He had zero chance on the first two. None. No chance in the first two goals. I mean, the third goal was a great shot by uh, by Olofsson. Wide open all alone in front of him. So, um, but I just, I think Ranta made some really good saves and he made some important saves, um, including on one of the penalty kills. Uh, and I think he stopped Jeff Skinner in tight. Skinner has been a killer. Skinner has scored at least a point in every one of the seven games he has played against Carolina. I think he had two assists tonight, so he's got six goals and four assists in seven games against Carolina. Um, So I thought Ronta played really well tonight. I thought a lot of guys struggled um, for the most part. But the last 15 minutes, I think also a lot of those same guys rallied. Best line, Jordan Stahl's line. He was my first star. Um, I didn't really like a lot of players in this game. Like, Ajo scored two goals. I don't know if Ajo was particularly good in the game, but he scored twice. I know Aho got the second star. Svechnikov got the first star. I didn't a third star. I didn't think that line was very good, but it produced. So ultimately, you can get away with it if you produce. Um, but I'm not sure that I thought Max Domi was good, and I thought Ranta was good. I gave Domi a star because I think Domi made plays that should have led to goals and didn't. Um, there were like three different plays where he could have gotten goals for uh, Vincent Trocek and, and no, none of them went. Um, and I thought I, I probably in retrospect should have given it to Ranta, but uh, I liked Dante Ranta's game tonight. He's I said this before and ultimately Freddie Anderson is going to be the goalie when the Hurricanes get to the playoffs. But I don't know that Ranta hasn't outplayed Freddie over the last month or so. All right, let's get to uh, the goals and we'll go through them pretty quickly. Uh, we started 349 of the first period where the Carolina Hurricanes were just watching. Tage Thompson is 32nd of the year. Uh, this is a play that started in the neutral zone. There's a puck that is available for Jordan Martinuk rather than, it's not really necessarily an available puck for him, but it's a play that Buffalo is trying to bring into the zone. And I think Martinuk probably thought he could chip it out and collect it rather than just make a physical play on the wall, which is his job to do. He lost that battle. Uh, Jeff Skinner has the puck in the offensive zone. He makes a uh, really nifty behind-the-back pass to Tage Thompson. Alex Tuck's in front of the net, screening on Ronta. Thompson shot, beats Ronta glove side high. He never saw it. one nothing. Buffalo, 3.49 in. Carolina remains kind of light, kind of sleepy in the first period. Um, Ajo turns it over inside the blue line, just... And just not a good not a good play. Smart, not a smart play at all. Uh, Thompson gets the puck, goes cross corner to Jeff Skinner, who digs the puck out of the corner, throws it in front. Alex Tuck's coming across. Brady Shea's trailing the play, uh, and Tuck just tucks it in, if you will, uh, through Ranta, and it's two nothing. We're six twenty five in, and Carolina's not doing a ton. Uh, they got a power play, and that was a, that was their first one. It was pretty good. Had five shots. Um, I thought Carolina had some chances, uh, but they didn't score. But at least they, had, uh, they they didn't. It wasn't a drab power play. Now we go to the second period. Um, about two minutes after Svechnikov whiffed on a pass from Slavin. I don't I mean Andre. Don't watch the tape. Don't watch the tape. When they showed it, the replay, like a minute later at during a stoppage, it made me sick to I like, how did Andre not score there? Anyway, um, so about two minutes after Svechnikov whiffed on the play, Rasmus Dahlin made a terrible pass right up the middle, right to Seth Jarvis, who gave the puck to Andre Svechnikov on the right. Svechnikov went across to Ajo on the left wing. Dalene turns it over in the neutral zone to Jarvis. Now Svechnikov looks for Ajo. Ajo shot the score! Deflected out front. If not, Ajo was going far post. And the Canes take advantage of a sloppy play by the Buffalo Sabres. And they cut the lead in half. And it looks like that's going to be Sebastian Ajo's 32nd goal of the year. And the good feeling lasted 30 seconds because Olofsson's 17th came at 529. Carolina loses a 
battle on the wall to the right of Ranta. Uh, it, I believe it was Jarvis and Slavin who lost the puck battle. Um, by the way, that was Casey Middlestead, who has really played well these last two games for Buffalo. Tony D'Angelo just kind of spectating. Uh, Olofsson's alone. Same, by the way, Tuesday night, which I believe was the goal that put them back in front, uh, if, I, if, I, if I recall correctly. Anyway, uh, so now it's 3-1, so two-goal lead restored. And then at 16-32, you've, you see this in the NFL all the time. The linebacker reads the quarterback's eyes. He sees that the quarterback is going to throw a little slant route so he jumps the route, steps in front, and it's a pick six. And that's exactly what Tavo Teravainen did. Carolina keeps the puck in. Teravainen winds it into the corner. It'll be scooped up by Eakin. Eakin gives it away to Teravainen. He shoots and scores! Tavo Teravainen takes advantage of the giveaway. And Turbo, 19th of the season, gets Carolina to within one. He caught it with the glove, dropped it to his feet, took a couple of strides, boom, three-two. I don't. I mean, that's sneaky. The most, maybe the most important goal they scored of the game, because it gave them some momentum going into the locker room. Now, I don't think they started the third period all that great, uh, but it was good enough. And then another Buffalo turnover, but this was the first one that I thought Carolina forced, really forced. Um. It was, I believe, Niederreiter on the wall, dislodging the puck. Tage Thompson gives it right to Jesper Faust. He goes across to Brett Pesci. Pesci gives it to Jordan Stahl, streaking right down the slot, and the captain delivered. Niederreiter puts the body to Fitzgerald. Turnover by Thompson. Faust gets it across, set up for Stahl. Down Main Street, he scores! The captain ties it at three! I think it was the, the first goal in 15 games for Jordan Stahl. So now it's 3-3, and at this point, Carolina is foot on the gas. Now we're seeing the Hurricanes as they're supposed to be. And we'll talk again, we'll talk about uh, a lot of these things with, uh, with Eric Cole or whatever we want to get into with Eric Cole uh, coming up in, in just a few minutes. Uh, and about six and a half minutes later, uh, really, the first... End-to-end play that created a goal. Now, at least the third goal for Carolina was a forced turnover. The others were just gifted. But this one was actually started in the defensive zone. Sebastian Ajo gets the puck out across the ice to Seth Jarvis, who goes up the right side. Uh, he gets bodied off the puck, but it goes. he gets it right to Svechnikov, who makes a move, gets around behind the net, and finds Ajo in front for a beautiful skate control backhand flip past Anderson for 4-3. Opportunity materializing for Carolina. Jarvis is given a heavy hit in the corner, though. Svechnikov picks up the loose puck to Ajo to the back end. He scores! Sebastian Ajo, second of the game, puts Carolina up 4-3. Yeah, look, it was, it was a beautiful goal, and it's one of those things that happens so fast. Good plays all around. Good play in the defensive zone. Uh, good exit. Good fast exit with speed. And then Jarvis and Svechnikov do some heavy lifting. Uh, but a beautiful finish by Ajo. Jordan Stahl adds an empty netter. His 10th of the season. A two-goal game for Stahl. Uh, and Carolina wins it 5-3. Again, important. 100 points. You're clinched. And now maybe you can take a breath. Relax. Uh, and get back to playing the hockey, the 60-minute hockey that this team is capable of playing. Eric Cole is going to join us here on the Canes Corner podcast. A little background for you, Eric. Uh, and first of all, a dream to have you on the Canes Corner podcast, uh, the, the morning after edition. An absolute dream. Um, don't, don't laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um. About a week ago, we had Shane, Shane Willis, and Shane and I were texting before the game, and the Hurricanes were a little bit of a funk, and we were texting how, man, Martin Natchez hasn't done anything in a while. Natchez had, uh, I think, two goals, uh, and Svechnikov hadn't done anything in a while, and Svechnikov had a goal, 
And you and I were texting before the game, and I said, I'll talk to you after they announce Jordan Stahl as the first star. I should text with former Hurricanes all the time. Well, I, I definitely think that you should continue to put it out there in the universe for Jordan Stahl to be the first star of the game. Like, that's, that's a given. Like, and, and, and in fairness to Jordan, like, you know, and I know Roddy's touched on this a bunch, but like, there's just so many things that he does that are, you know, just overlooked yeah. and every, you know, he, he, he's, he's one of those guys that, um, you know, a lot of what he does, you know, it doesn't necessarily show up on the score sheet, but it, makes a world of difference in the outcome of, of any game that the Hurricanes play. I think more often than not, he's their best player. Oh, he's a hundred percent. He's the way you have to describe it though. When you say best player is most effective player. Okay. Yeah. So, because he, with what he does and the way he, you know, the way he, just prepares everything. And then when he's on the ice, it's the face-offs, it's killing off penalties. He's on the power play. You know, like he, like this is the guy that they don't, they don't even need him to score goals for them to be successful, but they need him to do all the other things. You know, he, he's the guy that does all the intangibles and he does all the little things very, very well. And when he does that very well, the Canes win. And so when the Canes win, he doesn't always get the recognition of all those intangibles and all those little things. And the glory goes to the goal scorers right. and the people that put points on the board. Yeah, but t- tonight that was also Jordan Stahl, which is, uh, which is even better. It made it easier to name him the first star of the night. There was a lot of this night I didn't think anybody deserved a star. Um, but Jordan was also, by the way, 10 for 10 in the face-off circle. That's, uh, that, I think that's good. I'm not, I'm, not entirely, I'm not an expert or anything, but I think yeah, winning all of your face-offs is good. I'm sure that's a, that's a good stat. I'm pretty sure that that's gonna. Like, sadly, he takes so many draws. Like it's not gonna really move his his percentage all that much. <laughs> Although it should, but like it's not like because he takes so many draws. Like he, I mean, he's out there for every important faceoff that is needed. You know, whenever whenever he can be on the ice to take a draw, he's he's gonna be the guy. It's he's just such a great leader and. Yeah, like I, I think that you know, just it falls in suit with with Roddy that you know the the team kind of mirrors yeah. uh, his ship. Oh, there's, there's there's no question they feed off of it, uh, and their line that line has not been changed in three months. Niederreiter, oh, Faust, yeah. and Stahl. I mean, they're just they're, heavy on everybody, and they create opportunities. They're literally the new age version of the BBC. Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Way more skilled, but, but, but new age version. I don't know if they're way more skilled. Bates, uh, they are. Bates had great hands. Did he? No. <laughs> uh, no. But you did. No, I certainly didn't. Especially not at that time in my career. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, no, I'm trying to give you they, the benefit of the doubt here. I appreciate that, but no, <laughs> they, uh, but no, they, like you said, they're just they're so heavy on the forecheck, and they just wear the other teams out. They get the puck in behind the defenders. They go to work, and like honestly, like some of the best defense they play is in the offensive zone. Yeah, they just they're they're very very tough to play against, and it it's just it's a great combination for the three of them and i think i think it's great for the three of them because they've all kind of well not so much jordan but like the wingers you know faust and uh nino nino like they've 
they've kind of relished like that, that role, like, and, you know, they, they know exactly what they need to do and, you know, exactly what's being asked of them, you know, every time they step on the ice. Yeah, look, um, Jesper Faust is as advertised for me. Um, I, I watched him um, play with Panarin and top-line players with the Rangers, so he fits in anywhere. But on for this team, where they need him to play, I mean, he's perfect. And th- this is Nino's best year, and I know he's scoring a bunch of goals. He's got like 22 goals, so the goals are there. But I think if Nino had 14 goals... I would be saying the same thing about Nino because his defensive play this year has been spectacular. Yeah. Yeah. The the 10 extra goals are like a cherry on top. Yeah, for sure. And with, with Foss, like I, I, I just don't, I don't think that the, that New York, you know, the Rangers, the media, like just the, that atmosphere was best for him. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, like some guys just, it, it's not like, it's not for them. And I think for him, like he's found a much better fit here in Carolina. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's such, I'm, look, I, I love him as a player. He does everything you need him to do. Um, and he helps create goals too. And that line is, that line's got a bunch of goals. Now Stahl's got 10 and Nino's over 20 and Faust is uh, approaching a career high there as well. Uh, and this, you know, it's funny. The last three playoff uh, exits, the, all three of these, because now they just clinched the playoff for the fourth straight year for the first time in franchise history. But all three playoff exits, I believe, have been because the other team's third line has dominated Carolinas. Uh, Boston did it two years in a row. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. That, and then yeah, the, the the Boston the yeah the Boston trio. Uh, was it Wagner and well, Marcus Johansson one year, Charlie Coyle? It's those guys. I mean, obviously yeah. the their power play with Krejci and their top line and it was was also awesome. But to me, that was the difference in both of those series with Boston, and then last year against Tampa, not being able to control Coleman, uh, Yanni Gord, um, uh, and Barkley Goodrow, and that was really all year long. And of course, their power play just uh, destroyed Carolina. But to me, it's been that third line. Uh, but I don't even think that Stahl's line is the third line. I mean, they don't play as much as Aho's line, whoever's on it, because we don't know to, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, and yeah. I don't, I don't blame Rod because I mean, he looks That's at the, he looks at the numbers. He put Svechnikov, Aho, and Teravine, and although Jarvis played on it tonight, and he left them alone for like twelve games. And they scored nothing at five on five, so I don't blame them for breaking them up. No, and sometimes that's good to to have that, you know, you know, mix, mixing up of the lines and everything gives everybody a different look, a different feel, so that when you get to the playoffs and you know a matchup isn't right, or um, you know, just like the you know, the D pairings that they're playing against things, things like that. Like you want everybody to be able to, you know, be interchangeable and, you know, it benefits your group, Mm -hmm. but doesn't, you know, but it doesn't take away from another, another line or another, uh, you know, group from being able to perform or, uh, or contribute really. And, and I think that that's, what's great about, you know, the top six, you know, is, you know, plenty interchangeable with the hurricane now. And then when you've got a rock solid line in Jordan's line, uh, it gives you way more options. And I think that that's, that's going to be key. I think that that's going to be a, a big difference maker uh, for the Hurricanes in the playoffs this year. Yeah, and I can certainly see, uh, like, first of all, it looks like it could be Carolina-Tampa in the first round. If the, <laughs> Seriously, if the Hurricanes win the Metro, and, yeah. I mean, they're with 11 games left, they're going to have to beat, they're going to have to, 
I'm not going to say they have to beat the Rangers twice. They have to prevent the Rangers from getting two points out of the two games remaining. At the very least, yep. they're going to have to keep two points from the Rangers. Uh, and it would help them to win that game in hand, obviously. But um, Tampa is in a little bit of a tailspin and have been in one for about a month. Uh, well, Boston is playing well. They play tomorrow night, by the way. Friday night, Boston is at Tampa. That'll, that game right. will go a long way to decide who's in third and who finishes fourth. Well, I think that I think that Boston definitely has the upper hand at this stage, like in the year. Like, you know, for me, Tampa's going to be that team that's going to be, they're going to be limping in a little bit, but everyone's going to be, you know, very weary of, you know, the two-time defending champs. Sure. Uh, Donna's out right now with an injury, so that's a huge loss. Uh, for them, um, but you know, at the at the at the end of the day, like my big thing when it comes to especially the first round of the playoffs, it's you know you you have to fear that team that is that is hot and has been playing really well for you know month month and a half and have, have earned their spot. Because those teams are dangerous. Yeah, and right now that's probably Florida and and Toronto. Um, Carolina's not played well. Last thirteen games, five, five, and three. The goal scoring is kind of dipped. Tonight was nice to score. Forget about the empty net goals. Nice to score four goals. Um, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But I thought the first forty five minute it was first forty five minutes of this game was who can turn the puck over. The worst. I thought the, well, first, that, I thought the first six that, goals were all uh, assisted by the defense. It was. It wasn't who could turn the puck over the worst. It was who could defend against the turnover the best. <laughs> and and the and the answer was nobody. Yeah, yeah, for a little bit there. Like it's, I, I think. But I think the, what you saw, like in tonight's game against Buffalo, is that. The Hurricanes were, you know, more comfortable in a tight game, you know, going into the third period, and they're a really good third period team. Yeah. So there's that confidence level there, whereas with Buffalo, it's, you know, their confidence level is basically, oh, here we go again. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. after, you know, put that little dent in the armor of them at some point and and then, and then you just you know get to your game and, and and just just keep pushing against them and and eventually you know you'll you'll overtake them somebody asked me tonight um which which goalie was worse against buffalo freddie or ronta and i'm like i thought ronta was good tonight and the first two goals weren't his fault no, I thought he was. I thought he was very good tonight. Like he was tracking the puck well. I mean, it's not like Buffalo didn't move the puck well and uh, create create opportunity. You know, like these are these are so hard. Like like such tough teams to play against. Like post trade deadline, yeah. you know the team that the, the the teams that were you know known sellers and everything like that. Like it's. Uh, they're difficult games. If you, I mean, look back to the uh, the O six team that won the cup, and you know their 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 run like late in the season with all those trap games against just teams that you know had nothing to lose. Right, and you know like those are really hard games to play. They really are because. You know, you're in, you know, grind mode, playoff mode, and everything. And these guys are just freewheeling, taking chances. And you're like, wait, what? like, you know, they, they're they're doing things that other teams that are going to be in in the hunt are not doing. So it's 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 really hard to kind of you know wrangle that in, um, you know, late in the season. Do you get tired at this time of the season too? I mean, uh, they 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 clinched a spot tonight. They're still, 
Um, you know, they still and Pittsburgh's kind of fallen off a little bit. So Carolina's probably going to clinch at least home ice advantage uh, throughout the first round of the playoffs, even if they don't win the Metro. Uh, that'll probably come in the next, I'd say, uh, four games or so, uh, five games or so, providing they, you know, they go on a little bit of a run here. Um, but do you get tired at this point of the season? Are you looking for the, because I've asked Rod about this and, I mean, he doesn't really like to answer it, and I'm not sure he's given me uh, the answer I'm looking for. And I'm not like a yes or no, but do you, do you get tired at this point of the season? No, I don't. I don't think it's a, a scenario where you like get tired. It's you know the the tired days are the dog days in uh, kind of it, it's like January, February, okay. like. The, those are the dog days. Those are the ones where you're like, because you're, you know, you, you might be a team that's on the fence going one way or the other, you know, like at this point, like everyone's past the trade deadline. Everyone can take a deep breath and you can just go out and play. So like, like these are, I don't, I don't feel like, Teams are, are are tired at this point in the season. I don't I don't think anybody like if anything like if if you are tired at this point in the season, I would view that as a real red flag and a negative because what you need to be feeling at this point in the season is like the positive energy and the fact that you're you know qualifying for the playoffs, getting into the playoffs, fighting for playoff position. And what you have ahead of you is what you've been working for, you know, the whole year. Right. So, so I don't, I don't see this as the time. I think that the, you know, the tiredness and the, the dog days happens you know, earlier in the season. So there are 11 games left in the season. What do you want to see? Yeah, that's it. Where it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, what do you want to see? from this team over the last 11 games? Is there a player you need to see take another step or um, what, what are you looking for in the next three, three and a half weeks or so? No, I don't, I don't think that there's any individuals that I'm, I'm looking at. I think like if there's an individual to look at, it's, it's a domey. Um, you want to be paying attention to how he's uh, fitting into the group and, uh, fitting into the, 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 the system and, you know, the new surroundings and everything. Um, but as far as, you know, the rest of the group, I don't think that there's this, you know, like, because there's not a lot, there's not a lot of changeover. So there's, there's not a lot of, you know, and, and they've had a really good regular season. Right. So for me, it's, it's one, being able to, you know, stay the course and be yourself in, you know, these, these trap games and, you know, play, play the game the right way consistently. And then when you are actually playing against a team that, that is also going to be in the playoffs and, or is in the hunt, and there's that playoff atmosphere, and there's that vibe, you know, in the arena, right. it's in the lock, that's everywhere. It's how they respond to that, and how do they deal with that? And I think that, I think that that'll be a good telltale sign for, you know, what what's you know what's to come when when the when the playoffs actually actually begin. I thought so, Domi was pretty good tonight. He was he was pretty good tonight. I still feel like he's not as comfortable as as he as he can be. I, I think he's still got you know I think he's still got more. He he he, he should have more to give in in my opinion. Right. I think I think that there's and having been through it and. You know, experience the whole, uh, you know, trade situation. There's, there's, there's so many growing pains and so many, 
just adapting to you know your 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 new lifestyle and and things like that and i think that you know while he's played well i think that he can play better and i think that for um for him personally in my opinion this is you know one of the most important you know springs that he's ever been a part of uh-huh. i think that he needs to look at it as though he's you know he's he's playing for another contract he's you know he's playing to you know establish himself with a group or with a role and you know find find something because i, I think I think with the amount of kind of bouncing around that he's had, it's got to wear on you a little bit. Yep. And so I think, I think that for him, if, if I were in his shoes, I'd be looking at this as a wonderful opportunity to establish myself with an organization that is certainly on the upswing and has been for the last, you know, three, four years and, you know, do whatever I can to, to be a part of it. And, and you get the opportunity to play for a wonderful coach that, you know, everybody wants to play for. Mm-hmm. And this is a great community and a great area and great fans. And you, you should want to, you know, relish, uh, you know, this opportunity. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, even though he's not under contract beyond this year, um, I did also knowing what the organization is, is about. They don't want rentals. Um, that I, I also looked at this as they are essentially auditioning Ty Domi for, uh, you know, for, for an extension. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought he was, I thought he, he was noticeable on the ice tonight. Um, I think about he's, he's about half of the games. I think he's been pretty good and I actually uh, named him because I really couldn't find many others. Uh, I named him one of the stars. I gave him a star over Ranta. Uh, I thought about giving Auntie Ranta a star. Um, but I went with Domi because I thought he was noticeable. Yeah. Well, I mean, being noticeable and, you know, being uh, a contributing factor in the win are, are two different things. So for me, like, I would have gone with 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 Ronta tonight. Okay. Like, I thought that, you know, like, he had a bigger impact on the game than Domi did. Okay. You're, you're right about that. Like, and, but I, I understand, like, where you're coming from, where – you know, you're, you're, you're almost, you're, you're giving this guy, um, you know, a, 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 an accolade, but it's, it, that, that's kind of the expectation. You know what I mean? Like, you, like, and, and especially with where he's being slotted right now, like, you know, he's, he's getting the opportunity to play with really good players on the ice. And so I think that, he needs to make the most of this opportunity and play well and show, you know, a level of of commitment and a level of uh, excitement about where he's at, and not. I, I think he just needs to realize like where he's at in his in his career because the amount of movement and everything like like and, and that 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 stuff can weigh on the, on the guy. Yep. Like as much people, you know, want to sweep it under the rug and things like that. Like, you know, getting traded and moved around and everything. Like it, it does, you know, it does take a toll on a, on a player's, you know, psyche. So you, you hope that he embraces the opportunity that he's being given here. And, that he, you know, wants to uh, take advantage of it, and then you know, continue to, you know, 
pursue it and, you know, be a, a real positive influence on this organization. He could have had two assists tonight. He made a great play from behind the net to Trocek in front. Uh, Craig Anderson made a good save. And then he had the uh, uh, the fly pattern that Trocek caught at the blue line. Uh, can you explain why the Hurricanes can't score breakaway goals, Eric Cole? I got to be honest with you. Coming from the worst guy that's ever from the Hurricanes jersey on breakaways, no, I can't explain that. <laughs> You you think you're the worst ever in breakaways? This is this is the moment where I give credit to the other team, right? Like this, hey, like the goalie gets paid too. He made a heck of okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, like I, I I thought you know the the Anderson save on Trocheck tonight, like early in the third, that was a really really timely save. Um, and you know, that that kind of scared me a little bit. Like, oh no, you know, like, um, you know, you've got a forty-plus-year-old goaltender in there, you know, that's keeping the last-place team in the East, you know, in a game. Uh, yeah, there's 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 there could be some reason for concern, right? Um, but every, everyone knows he just shoot at five hole on Craig Anderson. Like, come on. Who, who doesn't have that book on that guy? <laughs> uh, no, it. Um, I think that, you know, I think the fact that they're getting those opportunities and they're giving themselves, you know, these looks and everything, it, it, the reason or the, the, the time to be concerned is when those opportunities aren't aren't there anymore you know so um so you just you know stay the course continue on the same path and and you're good because as long as you're getting those opportunities you know eventually those opportunities are going to go in it's when those opportunities dry up and you're not getting those opportunities anymore that's when you have to kind of scratch your head and be like whoa okay what 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 do we need to change? What, right. you know, what do we need to do differently? So they're, they're generating scoring chances and opportunities. And, you know, as the, as the season winds down here, I think that, uh, everyone would hope for, you know, each player to, you know, get that one goal or to get one of those, one of those games or have one of those performances that just kind of boost their confidence a little bit. So that way they can, you know, they can head into the playoffs, uh, with it, with a, a, a level of swagger that's right. needed. Yeah. And well, they've got, uh, the Islanders Friday night, Anaheim Sunday, and then the trip to Madison square garden on Tuesday, uh, which is, I mean, as big, a, it, it'll be good for them to play a game of consequence. I thought, uh, and we'll close on this: um, the game against Colorado here, now about yep. three weeks ago, it felt like a big game, and it's though, and even the Tampa game uh, after the game that they, uh, I guess, uh, lost to the Capitals, the Tampa game had that same feel to it. So while everybody, yeah. like a lot of fans are kind of bent out of shape when they don't play well and lose to Buffalo or, uh, you know, blow a game to Dallas that they were the better team or something like that. I fall back on the Colorado game uh, and the win over Tampa here. as To me, those are signs that the team is fine. Um, and I'm not, con- I'm not that concerned. You, don't, you obviously want, to, want them to play well and win as many games as they possibly can. Uh, but those are the games that stick with me. That Colorado game mattered, I thought. Yeah, I and mean, everyone knew that it mattered. Like if that, that was, albeit a regular season game, everyone understood the the circumstances and you know what you know of what possibly could be. So yeah, that was that was a big game, and uh, so were the games against the Lightning and the capitals and I think moving forward, 
you know, those, what you and I touched on it, like even, you know, the, the game in Washington, they needed to beat the Capitals. Like you, you need to prove to yourself, like, Hey, we, we've got this, or we've got right. this figured out. You know what I mean? Like just that, like that, that level of, of confidence in those games uh, is very, very significant moving forward. And when you're going through the playoffs and you're faced against an opponent, if you haven't beaten them the whole regular season, I know everyone says, you know, it's a new season, doesn't matter. But if you haven't beaten them during right. the regular season, there's going to be a little, you know, there's going to be a little shadow of doubt in the back of your mind. So, um, so those are all big games and great games for them to be playing down the stretch. I honestly, I, I wish they were playing nobody but playoff teams from here on out um, because it just, it really tests you a lot more than, right. than playing teams against teams that have kind of packed it in, mailed it in a little bit. And those games are, are, are so much more difficult to, you know, to win and to, to play in because you, know, you feel like you should be beating this team eight to nothing. And you're, and you know, so when, you know, when, when it should be three, nothing at the end of one and you're down one, you're like, what the heck is going on here? And it, it, it creeps into the back of your mind. It really does. So, so I think, um, in the next couple games, they need to they need to just they need to get through those games, playing the, the game the right way, and you know collecting as many points as they can. And then when it comes to you know like you touched on you know the game at MSG, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big game, and players are gonna know it, and everyone's gonna be fully prepared. And that's going to be a really good test as to, you know, who's, who's prepared, you know, for the, for the playoffs and who isn't. Eric Cole, I'm going to have to say goodbye. We going to do it again. Anytime you want, you let me know. All right. We're getting out of here. I thank Eric Cole for his time. I uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation. Uh, we'll have Eric back on another episode of the Canes Corner Podcast, which is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. No place like it. Free, no obligation estimate online, aluminumcompany.com. Follow the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can give us a rating and a review. That's fine if you do. Uh, if you don't, just follow us so it shows up in your phone or wherever you get your podcast automatically. Like uh, you get in the car, uh, it's Friday. Hey, Canes play last night? Huh, they did. Uh, let's see what Gold has to say. Let's see what Gold's got on with him. Oh, wow, cool. Eric Cole, nice. Until the Canes and the Islanders at PNC Arena. I'm Adam. Bye. This has been the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold, presented by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. You can listen to this podcast at WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts.